This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good day, everybody. And Dale Roots is here. He is. Fully formed and ready to go. <laughs> yes. Is it your final form? Uh, no. No, okay, thank good. God. We haven't, we haven't seen that yet. But the, the We have done over 9,000 podcasts, though. <laughs> That's a very good point. Um, and this is our um, sort of brief, I guess, origin, post-Origin 1 mop-up news and notes stuff, as well as looking ahead to Origin 2, which is, of course, on Wednesday night. What percentage of uh, people that you're friends with, guys, did not realize the second Origin game was a week after the first one until, like, the day of the first one? I, I had to tell. So I had, uh, <laughs> I had, I had coffee with mum on Friday and she was like, oh, Origin was lots of fun. And I was like, yeah, there's another game next week. She's like, I don't understand. <laughs> no, it's quite, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's really, it's just no, no room to muck around. We're backing she did up. mention though that again, she was, but... she's on board with, uh, with post season, uh, post season Origin. So okay. definitely in the minority there. Big time. So yes. they've got um, none of the broadcasters, none of the fans or the players, but they've got Dale's mum in their camp. So most important one. That's, that is uh, true. They've secured the all important Dale's mum demographic. <laughs> um, but before we get to origin, we do have a bit of news and stuff to jump into. So without further ado, let's do that. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh no, it's Simi Redradra. Redradra's away. Simi Redradra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will. Yes, Simi Renrandra. Absolutely buried it. Shall we start with um where do you want to start, Mitchell? Jack Bird. Yep. Do we have to? No vested interest for you there. <laughs> no, not at all. No, <laughs> I don't want to start to talk about things I want to talk about, obviously. No. I want to start um, so if anyone's missed it, Jack Bird's off the dragons for the next two years, is that right? With the Broncos playing paying a fair chunk of his salary for this for this upcoming season? We don't know about this year's the, what's, what they're paying for this year, which is weird how it hasn't leaked from anywhere from the media yet. It probably will come out, but I do. We do know a few weeks ago that Brisbane laughed at the idea of paying what was like three or four hundred k of it. So it'll be less than that, which is like as a, as a Broncos fan, I mean, it's not my money, but any cent back and getting him out of the club for their salary cap was a good thing. You know, I'd have been happy if we were, if even if we had to pay four hundred or whatever. But if they're paying like two, three hundred, opens up room just to let Andrew McCulloch take it all up. But at least it's cap room. <laughs> yes, <that's laughs> cap true. room is cap room. Yeah. Um, where do you see him fitting into that Dragons team next year? Obviously, I mean, they flattered to deceive a little bit this year, and he can play a few positions. Where do you think he fits into that team for uh, as a Dragons fan, though? Well, I mean, there are a, the, the, there's a lot of kind of so-so players there and i think it what uh, a lot of it will be determined by how so he'll he, be he'll be familiar with his surroundings is what yeah saying. exactly i mean he's he's obviously played there before and flattered to deceive was been you know the the title of jack bird's cv at this point um but like it, th- there's a lot of players there that he is at his best obviously significantly better than but the problem is that we haven't seen him at his best in a while yeah in like two or three years how he he was injured at the broncos Every season, pretty much, mate. Like yeah. 18 months ago, we had that bad... Was it a sternum injury? He played like 15 games in three years or something. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously for him to get a contract... Two years he's at Brisbane. He Sorry. has done very well to, <laughs> to get a contract, but um, 
it, as I said, it'll be. So three is you're almost saying. Hang on, I was going yeah, to. Yeah, what he was there. I'm counting this year. He didn't yeah. play, but he was there. Yeah, yeah. you can understand why people would forget. Up. That's that's yeah. my point. I mean, at this at this point, like the team at the end of last season was relatively set. Mm. Um, can you see him playing on the like in the centres? I probably would prob- I would assume probably. that's where he's going to play because they've yeah. still got Corey Norman and Ben Hunt on the books. Uh, I yeah. that would be my guess. What do you think, Mitch? Uh, well, obviously new coach, so throw most of that out. What, what yeah. you know, last year, he put his own stamp on it. I do think he, his spot isn't in the six or the seven. You know, as you said, there's Corey Norman and Ben Hunt, but there's also Adam Clune yeah. played a bit, played a lot this year. Jaden Sullivan looked pretty good in his one game at six. There, Dufty probably gets another shot at the one, but I'm also not certain he's locked into playing in the centers either. I mean, Griffin. Mm has spoken and said that, you know, they don't have a spot lined up for him just yet in terms of, like, good player, get him in and we'll figure it out. So that doesn't always bode the best. But I won't be shocked if, you know, over a preseason we end up hearing him playing in the back row, either on an edge or at lock. That will not shock me at all. Like, I know the stuff about him going to lock always sounds ridiculous and he never put enough muscle or weight to play in the middle at Brisbane. But I wouldn't be shocked if even if he uses edge back rower. I think most likely centres, but... I reckon, you know, come pre-season next year, we're talking about Jack Bird playing some other wacky position now because it seems every off-season he wants to play a different sport and his team will entertain it. All right, so it's going to be McInnes at 13, Jack Bird at 9. You heard it here. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, but that's just one of those – that's signing, mate. Like, he probably – doesn't matter what a good year. If he has a great year next year, good on him. But it's like that relationship had to end, hey. He, just, yeah. he could be happy to sit the back of Brisbane, whatever. He didn't really get along with the playing group from – for many reports that whole time. Didn't really like living in, in Brisbane. Didn't stay fit the whole time. It just felt cursed on the start. Never really had a spot on the side that was that his spot that he could put a name on while soaking up, you know, money was what supposed to be one of the best players in the team. So it's a good yeah. move for them and, and for the Dragons. Like you have to take a couple of shots at the stumps in the spot they're in. They're not they're not in a spot that they're a desirable club for, for players to go to. So you have to take a shot on a guy like a bird who isn't that old, has got that rep football potential. He's still only 26 next year. And, you know, the the fact that he can play a few positions competently will be a bonus for them. It's it's obviously what happened at Brisbane, it flamed out. But if he stays fit, it's hard for this sign to flame out at, 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 this, at the Dragons because it just so many ways you can use him. Yeah. And uh, as, you were, as you were saying, like, I mean, if, if he plays kind of on an edge, having just lost Frizzell, um, and not having that second, like that other edge back rower kind of locked up. Players that played there last year, you had Fumano, you had Sims, you had uh, who else played there? There were a few others that played. A few, a few others that played there. Obviously, you had Locke, um, McKinnis playing at Locke. You had um, who else? Jackson Ford playing at Locke. He, like it's the those three back row positions were the least. Uh, and and Hooker obviously were the least um, kind of settled, whereas the back the back line of Lomax, Pereira, Ravalawa, Dufty, and Aitken eventually kind of suited it. Like it, the pieces fell into place. So obviously, if he can get a go playing either on an edge or at thirteen, then like maybe that's what will work for him. I don't know how that's going to look um, physically for him. As you said, he's. He's never really been built that way. But then again, if Formo Ono can play in the back, like as a second rower, and he's not a huge guy, um, a very different kind of body to like a, a, a Vaughn or a, or a Sims or a Frizzell, like Formo Ono is obviously not that big. 
Um, but like if he can play there and be serviceable, then maybe Bird can play there as well. Yeah. And Anthony Griffin was asked about this yesterday and said that uh, he didn't know yet. So good. That's Fantastic. it. And I mean, they've lost Aiken, as you said, anyway, but yeah. there's just there's spots there that can be filled. Center probably makes the most sense, but yeah. you know, and there's definitely, there'll be at some point in that year, they get sick of, of Corey Norman or, or Matt Dufty. He'll definitely play a game in the spine at some point of the year too. The temptation will remain. But his ACL injury was so long ago now that he'd probably come to the season, you know, in fitness, in good fitness. Like his ACL was what, March 11th or 10th yeah. this year. So he'll have a full year's recovery. Not one of those guys who did it September and is, is fighting to try and get in early. And a full preseason, as you said, like and what will effectively have been an extended preseason for him. So, yeah, you know, yeah. Hopefully, and, um, hopefully he fires. Uh, Boy Cordner's position next year could be on the sidelines uh, with um story in the Herald today saying that um he could be asked to consider sitting out the entirety of next season as he battles through his latest uh, concussion drama. Um, the, the Yeah, apparently uh, sources close to him have said the likely option set to be posed to him is that he'll sit out six months, potentially up to 12 months before deciding whether to play rugby league again. It's a remarkable turn of events, but I guess not a particularly surprising one. Honestly, mate, it's one of these ones, this discussion, I wouldn't say drives me insane, or make, but it's not my cup of tea, everybody telling what a player should do. I always hate when we tell people who have injuries or X, Y, Z, they should retire. I hate that stuff. I hate like people telling like Kyle Stanley for five or six years that he should retire. It's like, that. what's he going to do? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's I, what his whole life's I, been built around. I would I, argue but, but, the difference is yeah, I was Kyle getting, yeah, Stanley... But, Go on. The head, the, your head. Yeah. It's a, you really hate these things. And like, you've seen those guys like Liam Fulton come out later. Many, we've seen many players come out later and you know, the, the, it's really un- hard to understand damage inside your own head. You don't know what it is. And, and even if you're having headaches and you get used to it, you just think, Oh, I've just got headaches now, you know, whatever, but you can get past that and move past it. You know, you blow a knee out and you're physically a worse performer than you were beforehand. It's pretty easy to notice, but how do you know your head's gone? You just, yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, you're right, and, and you only have to look at guys in the past, like James Graham and stuff, and their questionable statements about concussions in general to know that you're right. When it's a guy like Kyle Stanley who had knee issues and other issues, it's up to him whether he wants to try and work through all the rehab and put his body through that to try and get back to being a first grade footballer again. It's entirely another thing to save these guys from themselves when it comes to these head things. When there's just still so much we don't know about head knocks. And stuff. Yeah, I feel like there has to be some like I don't know what happened after game one, but the fact that he had a head knock that was deemed healthy enough to play on that night, but not healthy enough to play the rest of the series, is a bit crook for mine. You know, yeah. those guys obviously they have his long term health at mind now when they could fill a seventeen. But on a night when they need that player, they didn't they didn't seem to give a shit about how he felt in two in a week or two. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, they said they were investigating that last week. I don't know if anything's come of that yet, but um, yeah, it, it was surprising to me. And I think to everyone watching and especially even the commentators were like shocked that he came back on the field. So, yeah, I remember, I think it was Joey being like, is that Boyd Cortner? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, if Joey, who constantly talks about how like players could have played through head knocks and, but, you know, to just get them off the field and get it sorted out there and blah, blah, blah. Like, if he's surprised that somebody's coming back on, then like that's a big, that's a big, uh, a big red flag uh, for for corner. But as you say, like I mean, other sports have concussion protocols where like players can't come back or re- resume like contact or, or active training for a pend- for like for a set period of time. 
you Matt, you'll probably know more about this, but like UFC having a, a between 30 days and six months rest period for, for fighters that have been knocked out or had a serious a, a concussion. We know that there are, there's no such thing as a mild concussion, but like, as you say, it's, it's tough for us to say, Oh, you know, do these tests. Um, as you were saying, Mitch, it's not like, Oh, when you get, when you do your ACL, like when I did my MCL, there were things that were like, Oh, okay. Can you walk on it without any pain? Can you get to 90 degrees flexion? Can you like do a hamstring curl, all this kind of stuff that was around the joint and around the the baseline that had been set and going forward, the kind of rehab that I would be able to do, because obviously you can't kind of regrow ligaments. You have to strengthen the muscle around them, but how do you regrow and strengthen like a concussed brain? Yeah. We well, can't I'm- do, we can't do tests around. Oh, okay. So in six months, are you still going to have headaches or are you still going to not be able to read a screen for half an hour at a time? But that I also think like, like a lot of us want want these guys to retire, and when we don't understand it, but I feel like this happens. And I know Boyd's had multiple concussions, so is Luke Keary. But you know, I remember three years ago as a Packers fan, Devante Adams suffered three concussions in a period of fourteen to twenty days. I can't remember exactly. It was like three game weeks that were close together, and he passed concussion protocol each time. But and all of a sudden, everyone's calling for his retirement. Yeah. And then he's he's like telling like like everyone, you you goddamn ridiculous. Like I'm not mm. retiring. And he's not been concussed since, you know, and then Brandon Cooks went through a similar thing last year in the NFL, a multiple amount of concussions in a short window. And then again, everyone's calling for his retirement and he hasn't been concussed since. And I'm not saying that means his brain's healed or anything, but I, I sometimes I get sick of us, as I said, telling people they should retire when X, Y, Z happens. It's like, you know, I know we can't place all of our faith in medical professionals whose job is to get players on the field, no matter what. Yeah. Especially that. that night, the point that you made before. But, yeah. But Boyd Cordner will seek better help than the three of us here, all the people yes. talking about online over this offseason. He will get better answers than we can give him. Yep. And, yeah, it just, it just, it's tiring it's to me. Again, Sione Mithouti is another one, mate. Well, he was supposed to retire two years ago. Well, he's playing in England next year, and he hasn't yeah, been cast in the either. another one. He's like, meant to, meant to know, retire after his ACL. And maybe there's a p- period there where, guys, I don't – again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. People who do know things more than me here are probably laughing at me when I say maybe there's a period where they'll get more susceptible and then they'll be fine in long distance. I don't know. No. But no one else who's saying they should retire knows more knows either. They don't know either. So let the guy make his decision and stop asking him to retire every time he wobbles in his boots. Yeah. The story also mentions, I think it's probably relevant um, that apparently the death of his cousin from a head knock in the Newcastle local competition mm. has been weighing heavily on his mind as well. Yeah. Who could, who could blame him for that? So You've probably seen it in, in boxing and similar to, or, or in MMA bunga. You'll see a guy get knocked out in like two or three fights and everyone's yeah. like, well, he should retire. It's like, yeah. well, he, well, he plays a sport that one of the guys gets knocked out pretty often. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, he kind of know he kind of knows of all people. He kind of knows what he's in there for. And, and like, as you're saying with like boxing, it's like, and MMA, it's like, Hmm. One of the methods of winning this fight is stopping my opponent from moving physically. Uh, I will, I will punch him in the head until that happens. And as you say, like, I mean, they have, and, and corner mm. as well, like they'll, they'll have access to the best medical professionals. Like the, you know, like the roosters, what are they going to do? They're just going to trot down to St. Vincent's and get hit, yeah. you know, he'll yeah. get looked and, at down there. And they tried to play it safe with him this year too. They had given him periods yeah. of weeks off. And I do agree. You said Bunga, there probably should be better protocols and systems in place. A hundred percent probably should err on the side of caution. But yeah, this is the path that, yeah, if they say Boyd will sit out three to six months and figure it out, I'm cool with that. So I'm mm. trying to force a man to retire. If he yeah, has to retire from fine. this, and I'm, fair enough. I'm also like, <laughs> I'm also 100% fine with teams getting salary cap dispensation for things like this because 
Yeah. You know, we want to encourage people to put the interests. Like, we don't encourage clubs to put the interests of yeah. the players. Mate, first. I would have clubbed Darius Boyd in the goddamn head last year. <laughs> 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 um, uh, another pretty sad story is that of James Roberts, who's obviously officially been released uh, by South Sydney. Another story uh, also in the Herald today about um, uh, the club uh, spending close to $30,000 in psychological support for him. Um with his struggles oh, in the lockdown and stuff. That, and that article pissed me off. What about I'll it? I'm to cut in on you. It I don't really have like, any strong feelings on it. I so just... I, I, I've, I don't have strong feelings on a lot of this. Like, I don't think he should have come back to Sydney, but what were his options when he kicked out of Brisbane? Like, you know, in the end, he, he's got off-field problems he's going to battle regardless of Brisbane or Sydney. They just seem to be more at the forefront when he's in Sydney with the people he's around. My problem is... The Rabbitohs trying to claim some good karma from paying for thirty to one hundred thousand dollars worth of his of his um treatment. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, you cut him, but you also just took five hundred k out of his pocket. You ain't the good mm. guys in this story. Don't no. act like it, okay? You don't act like you're the good guys. That's fine. You know, you did this this decision. It's a business. But don't and they, they have get to? It, they have to still pay him if he doesn't find a new club, though, right? No, there was like, isn't there like a, a break? Well, they in had his a one and done. Contract? They had like yeah. a one and one strike and you're out clause or something. No, he's like gone from his contract. They said, I'll yeah. keep supporting his medical funds, which is a lot less than 500 K and it's a good point. And they're going to replace somebody else. So that was, that's what annoyed me. Bungard is that yeah. South, you're not the good person in this story. Well, I've, not. <laughs> I've stolen your house, but I'll look after your dog while I'm there. Exactly right. But I'll, I'll water the plants. Okay. okay? Like, okay fair. Sorry to cut yeah. off on you there, but that was, God, it made me mad. Like they read the 30 K figure. I was like, Oh, well, it's all okay now. They want stole to your car, <laughs> but I washed the windows, so so we're all good. Don't worry exactly. about it. Um, Parramatta have signed, uh, re-signed Will Smith, and have added uh, Nathaniel Roach, uh, Michael Oldfield, and Keegan Hipgrave to their roster for twenty twenty. <laughs> oh boy, um, uh, <laughs> fun. Yeah. So they looked at the Titans this year and thought, you know, <laughs> what's the worst parts of this. <laughs> That back row duo there, those two there, Hipgrave and Cartwright, things definitely happen around them. Look, they're not <laughs> wrong. The they're not things wrong. definitely happen around those two. What if? Yeah. No? Um, and it's so funny because last week, obviously, Mary was messaging us about Parramatta signing or allegedly signing Bryce Cartwright saying, oh, how can things get worse? Well, well here's how. Now we know. <laughs> <laughs> they're terrible. And I actually really like the Nathaniel Roach signing. I, I I think he has a lot of potential and he's going to f- hopefully find it somewhere if he stays fit. But it's like, they signed Jerry Lassick as well. So they just signed two backup hookers. I don't know why. Mm. And then the rest of it, it really reminds you, like, I, I don't mind a lot of these signings individually. But then you stack it up and it's like, oh, you just were signed like an Issa Wales Cup squad, like 10 of them. Yeah. Like, why don't you have some young fellas in your 30? Like, what's the point of keep signing? Like, I like Michael Oldfield. Okay. But like, you act, you add in like Oldfield and Smith. And um, who are the, some other ones they signed? Like, uh, oh, why have I forgot last week's? This is good for me. Um, so you throw in them, you throw in Roach, Lusick, uh, Opacek. Oh, uh, yes. Papali is pretty, he's decent. But it's like, yeah, it's a lot of guys, you know, of middling quality, and you don't want a lot of meaty middle to my, mm-hmm. to me and your squad. Just, you know, sign someone young with potential. Yeah. Um, Speaking of um, young with potential, um, Souths announced some releases uh, last night and we saw, uh, we knew Ethan Lowe and James Roberts would be among those, but also among those were Corey Dennis, Kurt Dillon, Kai Rodwell, uh, Jack Johns, which was a mild surprise. And probably the biggest surprise for me was Tom Amone being, um, being on that list of players as well. Not, not, not announced where he 
is going yet. But he was in the starting 17 for them in, in that middle rotation before he got injured at the start of the year. So it might be an interesting pickup for someone there. Yeah. And I, I'll, let's talk about this while we're here as well, Bungard. The Joseph mm. Suwali thing. Yeah. Roosters fans, you goddamn fools. You idiots. Your dumb Latrell comparison is exactly that. It's stupid. It makes no sense. It's moronic. Shut up. What's the comparison <laughs> they're making? People going on it. So, you know, so South aren't letting Suwali go to, to the rest yeah. of the year early for $60,000. Yep. And the response is, well, what if we did that with Latrell? Right. Well, well, you see, Latrell was on 800K. You had to get rid of him. <laughs> yep. Interesting. So what's the, what is the fucking comparison? 60K is nothing. I don't know. South can hold that out of bitterness. This guy turns out to be the best lot. player ever. I'm going to be really annoyed, but yeah, what are but, you going to do? But also, like, Latrell was, like, what, 24? How old's like, how old's the trail now? So Suali yeah, can't even play until he turns eighteen. Exactly. Suali's not gonna play for another season and a half. Relax, homies. Uh, like he can play like end of the year or whatever it is, but it's like again, it's like, around it's 20 60K. next year. Um, like and what everyone holds players to contracts unless they want to dump the player. Latrell was doing you a favor, Roosters, you goddamn fools. It ain't comparable. Shut up. It allowed you to sign Carl <laughs> Flanagan, and look how well that worked out. Um, uh, what, oh yeah, what other news? Oh, the Josh other Mansour signings? thing. Yeah, the Josh Mansour thing. Kind of I mean, you've got the, have you got the quote there about the the cafe and the nine years and stuff? A little bit sad. I did. So have I lost it now? I opened too many tabs. But uh, anyway, Josh Mansour, as everyone knows, we went, discussed it last week on the podcast that Penrith told him he could, he could depart the club after the grand final. But uh, there's some quotes of Mansour have come out himself. And um, yeah, these are, it, these are juicy. These are good. So he said, as soon as I saw Ivan and Matt together, it confirmed my worst fears. I had a feeling I was going to hear what I didn't want to hear. When Ivan told me his plan, his plan was to play Charlie on the left, I was just in shock. I didn't see it coming at all. It was a same plan. It's a scene. Sorry. It was such a weird few days. We had shed plenty of tears with our team in the sheds and emotion. Didn't really get a chance to settle. And as they were talking to me, I was frustrated and angry. I just nodded my head. I wanted to get out of there as quick as I could. I don't want to hear anymore. First thing I from what was called my wife, and she was also anxious and worried about unknown what comes next, yada, yada, yada. But he goes on to say, I didn't see my time at Penrith ending like this. After nine years being told at a cafe straight after a grand final loss that I wasn't wanted, I didn't think it was how it was going to end for me. Am I angry? Yes and no. I'm more frustrated than anything at how it all went down. They would have known for a while, and I found after losing grand final. There has to be a better way to do it. It doesn't sit right with me that after being in the clubs for so many years, I have to remind myself that it's a business and they do what they what they think is right for the team. But I'm still connected to the Penrith. I don't think I am a reserve grade. I think I'm good enough to play. I know I've played left to me and I could be top player for another, at least another three years. Anyway, that's what that's kind of on yourself, Josh, showing them loyalty. Putting it out there. Loyalty doesn't go two ways in rugby league. As you but, say, they are a business. But yeah, that 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 uh that quote about Am I angry? Yes or no. <laughs> no <laughs> yes. Mainly <laughs> yes. Yeah, but it is pretty uh, tough, as you said. They they would have known for a while, and he found it right after the grand final. It's pretty tough on him. Mm. And um, but yeah, that was those bells were were ringing when Charlie Staines were talking about keeping him. It was like, well, they're not going to pay him a few hundred k to just hang around. So um, and they're also battling to keep. What Matt if they Burton, did though? But they, maybe they did. Well, they, 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 they just paid him to hang out at Panthers and play aqua golf. That'd be pretty sweet. Well, also he can go on the he getting... can go on the uh, the the skydiving thing. <laughs> This, yeah. The what? They have like a fake skydiving thing oh, there. That's fun. Yeah. Let's go do it. All right. <laughs> that means we have to go to Panthers um, though. So what's next for Josh Mansour? I don't know who... who, who I'm not saying who'd take him, but he's on a lot of money. Mm. They're 500k or so for, for what he is now. It's like there's probably his clubs that would, would pay Josh Mansour. 
but not at that level. So the Bulldogs. Do you, do you give him a one-year deal if you're the Storm? But he's on. Like I don't know if they w- want the five hundred k. Like he's on. Even I don't know, for I, a year, because I, I, I'm like I'm assuming they'd have room with Vunavalu and probably Adokar leaving. You'd think they probably would have space for a yeah. one-year deal of that sort of variety. I that would be know. a nice fit. I can't, I reckon. But I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. They signed George Jennings, who might sound dumb, but they probably prefer working on a project like George Jennings and paying Mansell money. I guess. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's it's. Hard to see where he fits in the competition because this year was a big bounce back year for him. And it's not exactly like there's a, a, a dearth of wingers at the moment. No. I'm just I'm just try, trying to think of contenders that don't have wingers at the moment because it's kind of pointless to go and give Josh Manso a one-year deal if you're like the Bulldogs. No disrespect yeah. to them. They don't, like, also don't need him, by the way. They no, they don't. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're pretty well stocked in that regard. But I'm just trying to... Th- just trying to rack my brain as to what sort of club kind of is well, in or around the finals and needs a winger. Maybe the Knights if they lose Edric Lee. I don't know. Oh, I was like, maybe do the the Seagulls want him? Yeah. I was thinking like maybe like they can he can be at a less worse George Tafua with all the same flaws but not as bad and as better George. at better at dummy half runs. Yeah, I don't know. I was also thinking maybe the right like the Raiders kind of yeah, Valame, that my, maybe that, yeah. that's a one year one. Maybe. But yeah. I mean, what are they doing next year? They're going to have Rapana and Croker on the wings. So I mean. <laughs> Well done. Thank you. <laughs> well done. All right. Like uh, is there any more news before we want to talk about Origin 2? Well, um, I want to spend the most of the preview talking about the Cam Munster, Wayne Bennett bromance. If that's that's news or that, is that? But before we get there, I would like to just give a quick shout out to our uh, top two tiers of Patreon supporters. If you want to support us, go to patreon.com forward slash Boom rookies. And those people on those top two tiers are Bert Andrews, Carlo Tyson, Chris Slade, Warwick Ahern, Wayne Ritchie, Michael Murray, Ben Wallace, Frankie, Never Trendy. If you name me, I will cancel my subscription. Ty, Maddie McPee, Morgan Watkins, Harvey G, Jace G, Thor Laycock, Roxanne Clark, Maddie Jenkins, Dave, Dan Cullinane, Tom Hardy, Josh Brandon, and Jason. Uh, thank you all for your continued support. We love you and we appreciate you. As That goes for you guys as well in the lower two tiers as well. Um, and to everyone else who just listens. Um, and as I said, if you want to support us, go to patreon.com forward slash interrobrookies. If you don't have any money, just go give us a five-star review on iTunes. That, that's enough. That's enough. Origin 2. Um, Freddie's righted the wrongs of not picking Cody Walker by picking <laughs> Cody Walker. Yeah, you clown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Well, if yeah, the changes, if you didn't know, if somehow you've missed them. Cody Walker is coming to the six. The rest of the back line remains for the Blues. Uh, Payne Haas is coming to start at prop for Junior Paulo, who's gone to the bench. Mm-hmm. Crichton starts with Boyd Cordner. And the bench is pretty much all, all new look bench. It's uh, Dal Finucan, Junior Paulo, Nathan Brown, Isaiah Yo. The reserves, Luke Keery, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Cam McInnes, and Stephen Crichton. In, for mine, a team full of quality players, but I don't like the composition of it. Well, I mean, mm. two things that we said on the review show last Wednesday. One was you said you want to pay in to start, which we got, so that's good. But another one is I think th- all three of us collectively said we'd be shocked if they named the same center pairing again. Well, color us shocked because mm. here we are. Um, no, well, I mean, you know, it's worked before with Jack White, and so it's one bad game is not going to make Freddie. White and, yeah, I, as, I, as we mentioned, White I was about to say one one bad game isn't going to change Freddie's mind, but we've seen in the past that one bad game often changes Freddie's yes. mind. I mean, he did so, change his mind literally um, last game. But bloody so. hell, isn't that we're talking before we started recording? But isn't that number six shirt just a poison chalice for the Blues? It is, and it's just it's like I, I know it's an easy comparison that everyone's making, but it's just like Mitch Pierce's tenure as the blue seven is that he is the anointed one that to move the pieces around him until it works. Yep. And it's, but 
it's not like it, they haven't been winning over the last couple of years, but it's pretty much every time they lose a game, that six loses his job. Yeah. And last year was Cody Walker was a scapegoat in game one. And now Kiri, they've been waiting for Kiri to play for the Blues forever. They want like he'd been injured and missed out. Like, and he plays one game and he's gone. Yeah. He shouldn't have played for them, as we've both said before. But yeah, that, that, it's a poison chalice while Nathan Cleary gets to scoot along with his zero try assists, zero line breaks, zero line break assists, and zero tries in six origin games now. That's that's pretty good. He's he's just respecting that cr- club truly in life. Which, what are his which uh, what like. are his kick meters like though? Oh, high. What are his <laughs> passes? <laughs> lots like. of tackles. Yeah, lots lots I, of I, lots of passion, I, mate. He has less origin tries than Shane Webke. I enjoyed that. That's a that good is stat. very funny. <laughs> yeah, um, Daryl Broman copped a try assist in his two in his two origins. It just happened. Uh, it happened by accident. Yeah, I love this. I want to believe you spent an hour just looking through like the funniest try assisters in Origin just for this I, moment. I Who has more try yeah. assists, Nathan Cleary or Josh Dugan in Origin? Oh, I don't know. If, I was quickly checked. Dugan, Dugan ever get one? Maybe. I mean, because uh, remember there was I'd that probably. thing last. Uh, was it last Dugan? year? No, yeah. When he went through, he went Dugan to around twenty six to... without getting a try assist. Yeah, to, to the last yeah, game yeah. of the season with no um, try assist. I don't know, maybe, but look, I'm reasonably okay with the changes in the forward pack, but the changes and the change in six, just purely because I'm a Cody Walker fan, I like Luke Keery as well, but mm-hmm. the lack of changes in the back five is is a bit puzzling to me. Um, my problem, like again, my problem for the for the changes in the forward pack is it just like I said, it just it's like throwing. I know it's easy to throw good players together. But I don't see a plan when I see that pack. Agreed. I don't like the plan with 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 Queensland worked perfectly in the sense of like they plan for Lindsay Collins to come off the bench and be that quick minute stint forward, you know, for 20, 30 minutes and lay a platform. Did that job, you know. They plan for Jaira to come off the bench and, and really drive the line speed. Did that job. They, there was a forward rotation that worked for Queensland in that game. And throughout Freddie's entire tenure as a Blues coach, his forward rotation has been shocking. Like he doesn't really know what he's doing with his bench rotation. Remember, we had that game where Clemmer played like 20 minutes and didn't come back on. Clemmer's not there now. But now I look at this team and it's got, you know, Payne Haas to me is one of the most effective in 60 minute stints. Jake Turbo is going to play 60 plus. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Junior Paulo is also more effective in 40 to 60 minute stints. So is Dal Finucan. So is Isaiah Yo. And Nathan Brown generally is a big stint forward as well. Like, and how's he going to fit them all into that? That's, that's got, my question as well about like, so what, so what's the plan you take, so you play. You've got Brown got and Yo who can, bench. yeah, who can both Brown and Yo can both play at thirteen. Fanukin can play on an edge, yes, but is most comfortable probably playing at thirteen. And then you've got Polo, who what comes in for Saifidi, and then Haas comes on back on later. Like no, what's I, the? I don't see the plan, mate. I like, don't understand. It's it's really hard. It's, so it's really easy generally to look at like, hey, my middle rotation is three guys come off and three go on. Yeah, like you look at Queensland. Ben Hunt, okay, can play if you get either of your halves injured, okay, you can play him there. He could play in 13, maybe in a pinch, but obviously he's going to be your replacement hooker. Lindsay Collins, as you said, you know, he'll come in immediately before halftime, you know, do 10, 15 minutes, maybe not play the second half. You know, like there's a there's a potential for him to come in and just run at tired legs and then not play the second half if needed. Jairo, same kind of thing. Like there's there's a plan here. The, no, this New South Wales team just doesn't look like it has a plan. And I think Dynamis might do the thing when he plays the first 20 or 30 and not play again. Like and then not play. Canberra. Exactly. 
But uh, but that's it. Like, there's a plan there at least, and the the utility value of say say if one of the edge back rowers gets injured, for, uh, Tino will, will slide out to the edge we'll most go out, likely. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, the Blues one is like I guess Isaiah Yo counts as the utility, I guess, because of his history as a center and a second rower, but. You wouldn't pick him close to a rep player on his previous center or no. second rower form. He's a no. quality lock. So, um, yeah, I just think it's a weird bench. And I don't, I think there's going to be someone who plays like 11 minutes or maybe two of those guys get really stung because Freddie d- always leaves Jake Turbo on for like 70 plus. And, and what what happens if, say, for example, Cook goes down? Right. So then what you would put, you take potentially Walker to nine and then you would put Yo in the center's. I got no clue. Whiten at six, like it just, it just doesn't make sense. Is Isaiah Yo going to be a six foot eight hooker? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. But like, I, I, I don't think you can. Like most teams don't plan for their hooker to get injured. Like it is pretty no, much wasting a, a bench spot. There is a difference. So that's what I'm about to say. Like this is why this is why Queensland had a utility in Origin every year since like the mid nineties. Yes. you only get three chances at this. That's why you have someone on that bench who does do what you don't do at club footy level. Like at club footy, you'll you'll go whatever. We'll have someone play hooker for twenty minutes and sort it out for next week. Origin, mm. you don't get sorted out next week. You yeah. need someone on that bench who can come on, in my opinion, and play number of positions. And they haven't got that player. And potentially Jack White, and they see him as that player in the starting lineup. They might think, oh, Yo will go to centre, and we'll put White somewhere else. But maybe it's... Freddie's confused and he thinks that he's picked former St George Dragons player Nathan Brown. <laughs> like to me or even it's just like what they did with Cody Walker in game on people questioned it but I liked it before the podcast it also like, yeah, resulted in a try yeah that's it just get a yeah. good player on 14 who'll come on and do something different and he did and they and they scored points on Cody Walker coming on the field and they picked this undynamic bench for this game I don't get it and um, I, I think the Blues are going to win this game because it's in Sydney and I think they played arrogant in, in, in the first game like they did Agreed. last year and they'll learn a lesson and they'll come in fired up but I don't think that's the best 17 to pick for them. I actually think, by the way, I think Jack Whiten should be the 14. That's what I think. I don't disagree with that, weirdly. Yeah. Like, as you say, he makes, he can cover everywhere in the back line. Mate, he's insane. There's still, like, again, Queens have no fear of putting Ben Hunt at lock. He played lock in the, the first game. They, I mean, uh, Ponga Walker played, played there what, too. Yeah, exactly. Ponga played at lock in, a, in an orange game, orange game last year. Whiten is just, it's just one of those guys at that point. He, he was up to the physical challenge. Just throw him on the field and see what happens. If there's not an injury, you can still just put him out there anyway, like they did with Cody Walker. That's what yeah. I would do. And I'd play Crichton or Lomax. But yeah, I just, um, I think that t- the rotation, there's going to be somebody left puzzlingly on the bench for way too long. And they're just, you know, they're all, there's good players. I just don't like the makeup. Yeah, that's fair. Queensland um, changes. We should talk about, shouldn't we? Yeah, I was going to say, did we want to discuss the Queensland changes? No, we didn't. No. Okay, uh, moving along. Anyway, thanks for coming. We'll see you next week. Um, so, Mitchell, uh, take it away. I've got it up here, but you did the first one. So, you okay, need why continuity. Not? Why not? So, AJ Bimson, Liz Frank injuries out for the series. So, Val Holmes has come in at fullback. Christian Welch is missing what concussion, isn't it, for, for game one, missing the game. So, Dunamis yep. Louie comes straight in to start. Uh, and Cohen Hess gets dropped because of how poor he got his chance and he was shocking for like 30 minutes. So he's gone. So we, you bring in a Jaden Sewer to start and then the bench ends up, it changes just being Fodder Waker comes onto the bench with, with uh, Sewer going to start. Uh, mm-hmm. in, the, in the 21, because we've got injury cloud over Kurt Capewell, these, there is uh, Branko, Corey Allen and Edric Lee, or Josh Kerr's the other one. But I guess the Branko or Edric probably comes in if Capewell can't play. Depending on depending on 
if Branko's fit himself. Uh, yeah, but I, the main thing I liked, still no Pat Carrigan in the squad. That's the main thing I liked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm upset. Corey Allen? You, yes. It was his time. Wayne, yeah. what are you doing? About who's Val Holmes? Is some NFL player? <laughs> See how shit the Jets are this year? They're fucking terrible, and he couldn't yeah. even make that team. Very good point. Thank you. <laughs> Whereas Corey Allen nearly won a premiership, as far as I'm concerned. So ridiculous. Yeah, I, um, I actually genuinely thought he was going to play fullback instead of Origin, and I was really happy. I, I I think maybe if they lost game one, he might have. I think yeah. they'd have stuck with Sami stood up and played all right. Coach was good. Coach, that's his spot from from here on until until proven otherwise. So I think yeah, Val comes in, but I would have liked to have seen. Val at one, Allen on the wing. And who knows, maybe we have that. They have mentioned, I think it was at Cam Munster said that Sami's done some of the training at centre as well. There might be a little world in there where you might see Allen one, Val wing, Sami centre. How good would that be? Um, speaking of Coates, how good was his, I don't think we talked about it last week, how good was his post-game interview? We got we got the write-in from Nick Campton that that was the Hino, Chris Hino award for the best man off ground. Yep, and he, well, it was it was great. Like how good's young fellas loving rugby it's league? Just, it's just nice to see someone just there's no bullshit about it, no media training. It's just clearly just very happy about everything that was going on. It was mm. nice. Yeah, it was that's nice. it. He, he yeah, and he uh, he had a really good debut. So happy for him, and he was stoked. And um, I'm sure Papua New Guinea were loving it as well, which is always part of you know a bonus for mine. That is true. Also, um, speaking of uh, speaking yeah. of friend of the pod Nick Campton, <laughs> shout out to him for getting the front page this week with the Teddy story being named captain. Uh, with Cordner out, good to see uh, Camden's finest combining once again. I, I hope he sees this, bro. Yeah, um, uh, well, I've already had a chat with him, but uh, it's <laughs> yeah. good, good for other people to read that terrible I rag. I hope he hears this, bro. Um, yeah. uh, interesting that Louis goes straight into start, but I think given what they did with Collins in game one, it kind of makes sense. Really excited to see my boy Mo Fodawaka coming off the bench as well. I think, weirdly, that we talked, I know we said before game one that the forward battle was pretty close, but the, the Blues probably had a better interchange bench. I don't know if that's the case looking at the two benches for game two. I'm with you, mate. I, I think um, I think Paulo... Should be. I think Paulo's a starter. I think Fanukin's a starter. I don't be there, and I think Nathan Brown. I don't care. You know, I think the Queensland bench is, is looking quite solid. And Arrow, uh, Collins. You know, I said before game one. I think like Collins are not someone I would have picked in my Queensland side, but he got picked to do a job, and he did that job exceptionally. And you know, and he stood up to better forwards apparently, and he's he's earned his spot. But I think Fodder Waker is um a great selection. Don and Armas Louis is a funny one though. He's a guy again, like he is not a origin propped backside, mm. but he had a great year. He's been a, almost a meme player for like a decade and good on him. It's one of those things as a Queensland fan. Do I think he should be in the side? No, but as a rugby league fan, I think it's great for that guy to like have that kind of resurgence and get a moment in his career of playing, playing for goddamn Queensland. How did Dinamis Louis get a game for Queensland? I don't know, but good on him. It's just, it's just it's just a nice story, isn't it? Just whenever any of these guys who we basically thought were washed or were, or yeah, as you said, meme players getting getting a get, getting a start in the biggest game of all. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, as as I said last week, for when it happens to Queensland, it's generally when they have to throw a Kurt Capel similar in. There's generally no other option, so that player doesn't really turn into a, a point of ridicule. Like when the Blues sometimes pick someone like a Jamie Bureau when they have like twenty better options, everyone loses their mind. But Dinamis actually kind of makes sense. So, yeah, good on him. Great. <laughs> he fits your rigorous criteria of not being Pat Carrigan. So. Yeah, well, that's one thing. I don't, I don't think he was going to play, but 
Obviously, I do think he's a good young forward. Still, that's never been my point. My point is he's extremely overrated and overhyped. And I'm still, I'm glad to say he didn't even crack the 21, that he wasn't even an option with the forward injury. He still isn't in the side. And that's good because he has, he has things to work on and to improve before he can play at that level. And I'm yeah. glad that Wayne recognizes that because every other time I watch a broadcast, I hear people talk about him. I don't think many other people seem to recognize that fact. Yeah, that's fair. Um, uh, so onto the game itself. Um, well, obviously, we kind of saw in this exact fixture last year after a, a Maroons ambush in game one, we saw the Blues kind of pants them in, in the second fixture before going on to win the third. Do you think that will be the same case here? I, I do think the Blues win this game. I don't think it's a panting. You know, I do think they'll, they'll, they will come out on top and they'll win this game just, you know, back at home. They would have, they played very arrogant in game one. They played like that. You know, they knew they were going to win or, you know, they thought they were going to win anyway. But yeah, it's, it's, it's in Sydney and they do have, it still is. I know we're talking about then. I don't think it's the best team, but it's still a better team on paper. And even with Freddie's bad rotations and getting severely outcoached, <laughs> I think... Sometimes that team will just rise above. And I think they're probably in game two, they'll bounce back. And um, yeah, I think they'll probably win the game. But I don't know. What are, are they like, are they like the dollar 30 with the bookies again? Or have, they, have the bookies learned their lesson? Oh, they yeah. are a dollar 30. All right. This is all the punters' fault. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I was obviously, once I saw six Cody Walker, my mind was made up on who's going to win this football game. The only question is whether he will have three tricis or more than that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. Three I don't have many games left. I don't have many more games left to gronk it up about South players. So I've got to get my fill. Um, but you're, I, I do, I do agree in that. I think the blues will win this game just purely because I think you have to learn some lessons about arrogance and about just turning up, which they did suffer from in game one. And perhaps they'll be better for it for this game. I'm not sold on the team. I'm not sold on a couple of those. I'm especially not sold on the center pairing, but um, I still think they've got enough class across the field that the Maroons don't really have. I know I said the Maroons have a better bench, but across the board, I think the Blues still have a better team. So I'm thinking they're going to squeak a close one here in all seriousness. But um, if Corey Allen is named at fullback for the Maroons on Wednesday, please, uh, I will be updating my prediction to Queensland by 20 plus. (laughs) <laughs> good man uh i'll yeah. take blues uh fewer than six nice fewer than six okay well i'll take uh exactly five points it is i'm still picking queensland and we're going to pick them by eight i remember like the day you didn't pick the broncos for the first time it was a scandal it was, an it was a scandal, scandal. The, the people were not impressed they weren't they they were yeah, not but, uh, oh well whatever sometimes you just gotta rise above I actually heard from multiple sources that that was the that that was what first sort of marked uh, Anthony Seabold's name. Was that, like, that was it. <laughs> well, we've lost the Mitch. We've lost Mitch's confidence on the podcast. And what, yeah, once uh, I don't know, Doyle Doyle out, and that's it. You know, they called the emergency meeting. Paul White's like, boys, Mitch is out on us. We got to do. He something. said. He said, "Seep sus." <laughs> yeah. Probably. Um, FYI, yeah. as you were saying, yeah, dollar thirty. Uh, New South Wales one to twelve. I still think oh, that's too short. I still think a dollar thirty is just comically short in an New South Wales. Well, New South Wales thirteen plus is favoured mm. at two twenty five, which is absurd. So uh, I do want to mention. Just remember then some of the so some of Freddie Ford rotation minutes. I have got some up here, but he had like you know in twenty eighteen game one, Clemo only played twenty eight minutes, only played thirty six in the second game from that. 
Uh, last year, Saifidi only played 22 minutes in game three, 33 in game two. Ken Murray only played 32 game minutes in the last two games. Paul Vaughan was a, you know, constant in that blue side. Only has one game when he's played more than 36 minutes. He's played mm-hmm. 26, 31, 25, 26. Uh, he, like, what else do you have? Uh, Tyson Frizzell went from starting to 50 minutes to 30 minutes to starting. Uh, Wade Graham had a 16-minute game. Like, there's a lot of guys he didn't know how to get minutes in, and that's when he had a utility still on that bench. Yep. So I don't, don't know what he's going to do now. And through all that, by the way, the constant, Jake Tavoyevich pretty much had big minutes in most of it. 74 game one this year, uh, 80 game three last year, 73 game two before that, only 49 game one last year. But he struggles to rotate that bench, and I think that's a problem for them in this game. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, I hate that take at all. I do. I fucking hate it. You hate no. what? No, I don't. I'm just being. <laughs> I'm just being. Um, what's the word? Uh, Vanguard. Yep. Well, they're synonyms depending <laughs> on who you ask. But, mm. uh, yeah. Uh, we will be back on either Wednesday night or Thursday, depending on our schedules. I'll talk to the guys offline. Um, I think people enjoyed having the podcast here straight after the game for them. But um, you know, schedules be what they be. So um. I will will let you know and you'll find out when you see a podcast in your feed on either Wednesday night or Thursday night. So (laughs) say goodbye, Dale. Goodbye, Dale. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me.